You're listening to episode 40 of the Empath Podcast. Welcome back to the Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Robin, from the thediaryofanempath.com. Over the past couple of days, I've been in conversations with a few of you over on Instagram because I posted a quote on my grid and it was speaking to two huge money beliefs, negative money beliefs, within spiritual and creative communities. One was that money wasn't spiritual and the other was that your work is valid if you struggle. So the glorification of the starving artist. And though those are just two of the beliefs within these communities, they're big. And they keep so many. So like money not being spiritual, if you believe that deep down, if that's your unconscious programming, that you believe money isn't spiritual, there's no way you're going to show up to share your spiritual gifts and ask for money or to feel comfortable asking for money. You're going to sabotage it. Because we set goals consciously, so our conscious mind is the goal setter, but it's our unconscious mind, our subconscious mind, that is the goal getter. And so if you have unconscious beliefs that money isn't spiritual, you will sabotage your growth, your financial growth, every single time. You will not feel comfortable receiving money. You might say it to the world. You might tell someone, like, I want all this money. Or you might write it in your journal. If you're being honest with yourself, you might write that in your journal. But your unconscious mind says, no, you don't. Because if you have it, you're not spiritual. And if you value your gifts, if you value being a spiritual person, you're not going to want money. You're going to push it away very unconsciously. When you're functioning from that place, it's really hard to receive good ideas around selling, profitable ideas around selling, and the profitability of your work, because our beliefs are the eyes that we we see the world through. So if you believe you'll, you'll be a bad person, a bad spiritual person, if you have money, you're looking through that lens. You're seeing people who are making money and you're judging them. You're, you're not seeing examples where money's being used as a highly spiritual tool. And then if we flip to the other one, to creativity and your value as an artist or creative being in how much you can struggle, that was such a big one for me for the longest time. If you have that belief that worth is in struggle, that's what the root of it is, like your worth is in how much you can struggle. And we propagate that out into the world as creatives there's a a borough here in montreal that's very much that energy it's like the creative borough and i mean the whole city's creative but that specific borough when you walk into it you can feel it you're like whoa this area this is the starving artist area you know it's cool to be the starving artist in this area and for me i had to face that and i had to say It's actually not cool to be a starving artist. There's nothing cool about being broke, especially wanting to do 
bigger stuff in the world and do good stuff in the world. I couldn't when I was broke. And so I had to face that one and I had to see through it and I had to see where I was putting my value and, and how I was valuing the struggle of others and really remove a lot of the trauma bonds I had with different creatives and the creative community in general so that I could come out and I could could be an abundant creative, an abundant artist. And just like the money isn't spiritual, when you have this belief that your worth is in, in starving, you're going to see the world through that lens because your beliefs are the eyes you look through. And until you face the beliefs, you're going to constantly reject anything that's outside of that belief. Our beliefs ground us to earth. It's very much like, I need to believe in this to make sense of this planet. If we didn't have beliefs to tie us down, we would feel so disoriented. So that's a, a big thing I just want to point out is your beliefs and the beliefs we're going to talk about in this episode, they're grounding you. And so you place a lot of importance in them, which is why it takes work to, to disconnect from them and to form new beliefs and new understandings of the world, which can be done. It was done on my journey. It's done on everyone's journey who shows up and starts to sell their gifts with ease and, and feels confident in themselves in, in giving and receiving. But it does, it takes time because these beliefs, they're our grounding point and humans love their security. So I don't want to keep this episode too long because I could talk about money and money mindset and the money beliefs that are rampant in our creative and our spiritual communities. I could talk about that for days. Give me a microphone. I would just talk about it for days because I'm passionate about it and because I see it as a limiting factor for so many people and so many gifted people. And so it is like my, my thing. And if you come into Empaths in Business, we will talk about it very targeted though to to you and your specific situation. But what I do want to cover in this episode is a few peeks at my money journey because there's nothing more valuable to your unconscious mind than to see someone who's been where you are, who feels like you, who experiences the world similar to you, who's broken out of a barrier that you are still trapped in. And if you're listening to my podcast, then you already resonate with me. So there's a part of you that already sees part of you in me. And so it'll be much easier for you to shift beliefs because your unconscious mind is, is more relaxed and more open to receiving. At the end of the episode, I'm also going to speak to just a few of the bigger, more overarching money beliefs that are carried in our world and just debunk them to give your subconscious mind something new to chew on. To start the money journey... I mean, if you're familiar with my story, you know that I started my blog in 2016. I started charging for my quote-unquote gifts, which at the time I, I didn't know my gifts. I didn't know the value of my gifts. So basically, I wrote an ebook. I also was coaching, but I started that in 2017, early 2017. And then 2017, that entire year, was me in a struggling, struggling, struggling mindset. And I was transitioning out of a social work job into my blog full-time. That was my desire. I was like, I don't want to be a social worker. I want to be a social worker. I want to speak to social work and social justice, which I do, you know, the balance of masculine and feminine, the empowerment of, of the feminine energy. That's all justice work, but I don't want to do it in a traditional job. 
I don't want a nine to five. I don't want to be at work when I'm supposed to be at work. And I don't want to stifle my creativity and not get to show up the way I want to show up and not get to talk about the things that I want to talk about and, and just have to be accountable to someone else. I like to make my own schedule. I like to flow based on my creativity. I like my work to be seen and not stifled by needing to go through five different levels of authority for someone to, to approve that I can do something. I didn't want that. And so I made the choice, the decision to take my work full time. And when I made that decision, 2017 showed me her lessons because I had so many beliefs negative beliefs about money that made that transition from a nine to five to entrepreneurship so difficult and I didn't know about beliefs at the time I didn't know about money mindset work that came into my life at the end of 2017 when I had my enough is enough moment when I was so broke again if you're listening you may have been here for this part of my journey but I but for all of 2017, I was I was learning to sell myself. <laughs> I say it in quotations. I had no idea what I was doing. Super naive to believe that I could jump from a social work job into the business world without any knowledge of the wounds I carried. That was a big one. And just how many beliefs I had about money. And also just no understanding of business structure. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have a business model. I didn't know what I was working towards each day. I was just showing up and being like, I'm, I'm going to make money today somehow. I got to somehow. And there was no plan. There was no consistency. That was 2017. And to, to just shine a light on some of the things that I was selling, it was an ebook. It's a $5 ebook. It was coaching sessions. I think when I first started coaching, it was like early on coaching, it was a month of coaching for $200, which I mean, that alone shows how low my self-esteem and my self-worth and my gifts was and how limited I felt around money you know doing that much work for two hundred dollars I did I, I didn't value myself so continuing on throughout I, I booked more clients I was selling an ebook which sparked me to really really like passive income because I realized I could create something one time so do the work one time and then distribute that unlimited times and I, I still remember the first time I sold an ebook five dollar ebook I it was the coolest feeling because I want to say I was walking across a bridge but I remember looking at my phone getting a notification that someone had bought my ebook and then more people had bought my ebook and I was like wow like I'm not even working right now and I'm making money so that was a defining moment really early in my journey that, yes, I wanted to make passive income. But again, throughout 2017, really struggled. When I wasn't selling ebooks, I was coaching. And again, I wasn't coaching for very much money. Go a month of coaching for 200 bucks, if you whittle that down, that's not a lot for the hour, which wasn't an hour because I was boundaryless. I was on the phone with clients for like two hours, overgiving to overcompensate for my lack of self-worth and worth in my abilities. So I was burning out. And I was also during 2017 really beginning to understand myself as an empath, not just on my personal journey, but what it meant to be an empath in connection with someone else. So I was learning that when I would 
go into client calls and become completely absorbed in their world by default just because that that's what an empath does you become the surroundings that you're in so we have to choose very carefully the surroundings that we're in but i started to recognize that things like my taste preferences would change and my behaviors would change when i was in a call with someone who was fighting with their partner i would start to fight with the people that i was seeing and i was like but i, I i'm not angry at my partner like why am I acting this way and slowly I started to make connections and so I realized along 2017 that I also needed to put up boundaries in terms of my energetics and and not become my clients after my client work because I didn't want to just become the sum of all these people I was working with I wanted to be myself so that was 2017, but the end of 2017, like the, the crisis point or the enough is enough, my breaking point, what I call pivot point. I had formally left my social work job. I had made business my full-time thing and I had no money to my name. I had to move home with my parents. I was sleeping on their couch. I couldn't afford my bills. So I wrote an email to my community and I said, I am going to archive my blog and I'm archiving this work because it's not working and I made plans to get a job. So the next few weeks after that moment, 2017, I did start to search for jobs and I was doing job interviews and it just felt like the most inauthentic thing to my spirit. I was like, this isn't what I'm supposed to do and I understand that I need money and I understand that I need to be responsible but my spirit is saying like go back to your blog go back to your work and so one night I just decided like okay I'm gonna figure out how to do this I'm gonna figure out why my business isn't working I'm gonna figure out what I need to know like, what am I missing? Like, why can other people sell themselves and not me? And I, it was the next day or a couple days later that I came across a video on YouTube on the masculine and the feminine energies, which was life-changing because I had realized that I was in a very wounded feminine space. So things like being boundaryless, not knowing my worth, not appreciating how much value I had and I was giving as an intuitive and not having any structure and believing or absorbing so much of what was around me and, and told to me about spirituality, creativity, myself, and entrepreneurship. Because the feminine energy, when she's at her detriment, she is absorbing everything. So she's just a sponge. That's when you see empaths going into malls getting completely exhausted. They're coming from a disempowered feminine space. So learning about the feminine, I also learned about the masculine. And this was the season of my life that I call calling in the masculine. Because I learned that the masculine was all about structure and stability and truth seeking. The, the masculine wants to know the truth. And so that Christmas, because it was Christmas time by then, I just dove headfirst into understanding feminine versus masculine and seeing that I had no masculine structure in my, in my business and I was not being conscious of what I was believing and what I was picking up on and what I was regurgitating back out to my communities. I was being so irresponsible around spirituality and everything that it meant. 
And so I decided I was going to lean on more of those masculine traits. I was going to bring things like structure into my business. I was going to start to care about things like numbers. Up until that point, I had no profit goal. I had no idea the numbers I needed to work towards to make my business sustainable, to pay business expenses and give myself a salary. I was more in the feminine energy of being like, well, I want to work for myself and and really dreamy. And I had vision boards and I could see on the vision board, like, this is what I want. But the feminine embodies the vision and the masculine makes it happen. And so for me to get to that vision, I needed to bring in that masculine structure. And I needed to ground my business on something that, that was going to support me. The masculine energy is supportive. It supports the feminine energy. So as the feminine goes out and she shares her gifts and she flows and she moves, she can come home into the structure of the masculine. And I always just, I want to just point here, masculine and feminine are not gendered. Although a lot of my examples and the way that I teach it is from a, a gendered place because that's my experience. I am the feminine and I resonate as being a woman, so I, I teach from there, but at its core, it's energetics. So for me, I was like, okay, I, I need this masculine. I need a business plan. I need to understand. So I began to learn. I said, universe, I, I really want to learn this, so please show me how I'm going to do it. And I just counted up all my, my Christmas money. I sold some of the things that I had and I didn't need. And I was like, I'm going to invest in this stuff. I'm going to figure out how this works. Because I knew I didn't have the knowledge, but I knew I could get the knowledge. And that was like a pivot point of abundance. A lack-based mindset says like, oh, like I don't know it. I can't learn it. And an abundance mindset says, wow, I have access to information. I can figure this out. So that was, that was a pivot point I want to note. But around the same time, I was also coming into truth-seeking. And I, I told myself that, okay, if others can have something, if others have businesses that work, and they're not struggling, they're not able to not pay their bills, why can't I? Like, what's the difference between me and them? And I, I remember writing out a list one night of all the reasons why I couldn't have money. And I was like, that's fascinating because a lot of that's not even true. One of them was that I wasn't good with money. The year before, 2017, had just squashed my spirit around feeling like I could do it, that I was responsible, that I was good with money. And there's a lot of programming in me, and this is a collective thing, that, that entrepreneurship and taking the leap was irresponsible. And because I had failed at it, quote-unquote failed, you know, pivot point, but to me in that moment, I was like, I failed. I felt so guilty and so bad about myself. And so I wrote that on the paper. It was, I, I don't remember specifically, but it was something of like, I'm bad with money. And I, I remember looking at it and being like, that's not true. In fact, in childhood and in adolescence and going through high school, I was very good with money. I was very into building my wealth. And by the time I got to university, I had savings that I was able to invest in and pay off my university degree. So I was like, I'm not bad with money. There's something else going on. And, and that's what took me down the truth-seeking path of, okay, I have a belief that taking a risk is bad. And therefore, I'm bad because I took the risk and I failed. I'm like, where does that belief come from? Oh, it comes from my small town. Like, I never had anyone show me that it was possible to be a heart-centered creative entrepreneur. 
I was very conditioned into going down a traditional path, be that nursing or teaching or social work. Even social work was like, ooh, that's like a city thing in terms of my town, but definitely nursing or being a doctor or or being an accountant or being an engineer. And so when I took the leap and I said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and it failed, well, it failed one because I had no proof to my subconscious mind that I I could succeed. And I was just running on all this programming that I was really bad for making this decision, which was not an empowering place to be. So anyway, that list led me down this journey of of dissecting my beliefs and and truth seeking and finding all the reasons I couldn't have money were, were just words on paper and they weren't true so that's when I began to go down the journey of just everything money mindset if you were here for that part of the journey it was reading all kinds of books that I continue to read because I'm always reinforcing my mindset especially because I work to empower mindsets around money and business and and self and so I'm working with a lot of people who are coming into those empowered mindsets so I'm when I'm working I'm in the collective that's not as empowered around that because my work is to empower people around that and so it's really important for me to not become those beliefs so I exit out and I read financial books like tarot I was sharing on my Instagram stories last night and I am always just wanting to absorb and putting myself in spaces where I can absorb empowering financial money and business beliefs I also got into affirmations Every single night, I listen to money affirmations. One of my favorites is You Are Creators over on YouTube. There's one I used religiously, Income Increasing Affirmations. That's what the video is called. And every single night, I would go to bed with those in my ears. Because your subconscious mind, where you hold all your limiting beliefs, is highly receptive to taking on new beliefs when you're in that space of not really being awake but not being asleep and so that was prime time to reprogram my mind so that was really really big I also recorded my own affirmations and those were powerful because my subconscious mind recognizes my own voice and so I would dig up like okay what's the limiting belief here and then I would make an affirmation that went against it and that strengthened a new belief because when we're doing that, we're, we're literally reprogramming neural pathways in our brain and we're making new grounding points. So that was that. And then we go into 2018. 2018 was my year of, of growth, <laughs> of growth as a business owner, of growth as a person. And that's when I came up with a journaling course, which people told me I was crazy. You know, you're going to sell a journaling course like no one does that and I'm like but I do that and I had all these tools that I was able to make that my reality and make that a very safe reality when I started out I sold it very cheaply again I was coming into my worth and I remember the first time I sold it being like wow I'm asking a lot from people and it was like 144 dollars for a six-week live coaching program so it wasn't a lot of money it was actually scary when I look back on it to be like I devalued myself that much now it's a passive product on my website and the price reflects the worth much better but selling that that first time was the first time I quote-unquote launched and I had a goal that I was gonna have a five-figure launch which to me at that time was like wow five figures like I'm gonna make it (laughs) and I really buckled down and, and I put 
my heart and my soul and my mind, my beliefs into making that five five figures. And some of these tools I teach in the Impossible Business Program about getting to your next goal, the goal that seems super unattainable, which I mean, in hindsight, you look at it and you're like, like, why was I worried about that? But when you're coming from old programming and you're needing to step into new programming, it's a huge leap and you're going to have a lot of self-doubt and you're going to really need to apply your tools to get there. But the beautiful thing about it is the law of transference. So when you make that first five figures, you then apply the fact that your subconscious mind now knows it's possible to your next goal. So the law of transference says when you accomplish something, you'll then more easily be able to accomplish something else because you know it's possible. And I I teach that in the program, that business is step-by-step. An element of the branding is the tree trunk. I don't know if you've looked at the course, if you scroll down the sales page at the very bottom, there's a tree stamp because you have to start somewhere. You know, I had to to be bold and brave and courageous and start by selling a $5 ebook and then coaching and then working my way up to the point where I thought it was even possible to have a five-figure launch. And it's like this tree trunk that's growing its way out. And then once you have the five-figure launch, you then go on and you have bigger launches. And that's how people make their like annual, their monthly. They, they use the law of transference and knowing that the subconscious mind needs proof So that was my big goal and I reached it. And for the rest of 2018, it was really about learning to be a business owner and and focusing on the back end of my business. So we talk about the front end versus the back end. The front end of a business is where people are seeing what you do. It's, It's how you show up on Instagram. It's how you show up in all these different places. But your back end is things like your sales structure. It's knowing how people move through your business. It's understanding the buying behavior of your ideal customer, of your client. It's your financials, it's your bookkeeping, it's all of that stuff that goes unseen from the the public's point of view. And so that was me for 2018. It was was really working on that and, and everything that came with it. 2019 came and my intention was self worth. So I want to be safe and secure in 2018. In 2019, I wanted self worth. I was getting good at making money, at creating it, and I I didn't want to feel guilty for it. I wanted to know my worth. And that sent me through a pile of life lessons around things specific to persecution and why I didn't feel safe being a healer, a mother wound, which is why I felt it was my duty to, to give and not receive. Because something that happened in 2018, I was taking money in, but then I was finding ways to, to give it back out. And I had caught myself a few times giving my money to people and, and places that didn't deserve my money. So I wanted to pull it back in because I was realizing this is a belief, you know, that I'm supposed to give more than I receive. And that's that's essentially the mother wound. So healing the mother wound in 2019. And this, the sister wound also came up, although not as much for me. I've never really struggled with that one. But the sister wounds a lot about comparison and where your work falls in the marketplace. And there were a few moments of that, but, but mostly my two big overarching wounds were the persecution and the mother. And those were the two that really kept me from believing that I was worth the money I was making. So big, big worth work. 
that allowed me to to not just make the money like I was making in 2018, but to make it and feel worthy of it and to really sit with it and allow myself to have it and receive it and spend it in a way that honored myself and the things that I believed in and, and won it for the world. I also want to end this episode with a few of the overarching beliefs that we carry as empaths. Just again, to give yourself in your mind, your subconscious mind, a new example or something new to chew on. So a big one is that empaths are here to give, which keeps a lot of people from asking for money. If you think about business, you know, when I first, <laughs> when I first offered empaths in business, I got an email back from someone saying, empaths in business, those two things aren't supposed to go together. I was kind of hurt by it. I was triggered because I'm like, well, I mean, I'm an empath and I love entrepreneurship. (laughs) Otherwise, I wouldn't be running this program. And I'm really grateful to the person who said it because it showed me where I was still functioning from false programming. And what I've learned over the years is that it's not that empaths and business don't go together. It's what business means, which is to receive for the work that you're doing. Almost any article you read on empaths will say empaths are here to give. And so if you have that belief, if you found your identity in being an empath, if that's changed your life and your subconscious mind has grabbed onto that and you've read that being an empath means, requires that you give, that's the belief that you're grounding yourself to. And that's the belief that's informing your actions. And that's the belief that's leading you to burnout. And that's the belief that's making it so that when people want to pay you, you're like, no. Or you're not even open to avenues that people could pay you through. You're not even seeing your work or your gifts or your abilities as something that people would pay for. And what's really interesting about this belief is an empath's energy is receptive. We are the feminine principle the feminine principle receives it's the same reason we can go into a mall and we can absorb the energy and then come out feeling drained or happy or or some emotion that we weren't feeling when we went in or we can sit with a client and understand what's underneath the words they're saying and the same reason we're so susceptible to spiritual programming or, or creative programming it's because we receive we take it on And so when we say, oh, we're just givers, that's not true. We are actually receivers. So why are we not receiving money? And for a lot of us, it's because we believe we're not receivers. So I guarantee if you go out into the world for the next couple of days and you affirm, like, I am good at receiving, I am naturally receptive. If you start to use those affirmations, you're going to start to shift energy. You're going to shift the energetics you're, you're in and you're going to start to notice proof that things are are coming to you and that you are receptive. So that was a huge one. Another one that's like overarching is that money is bad. Money is not bad or good. Money is a tool. Just like this microphone that I'm recording into, it's not a good microphone or a bad microphone. It is what I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to use it for. In this case, I'm choosing to uplift and empower. I could be spewing all kinds of negative words. I could be recording this telling you how awful you are not that I would but to make the point that it's just a tool and so money itself is literally just a tool and when you have it 
it's up to you. Are you going to do good with it or are you going to do bad with it? And what is your definition of those two things? Because those two things can be convoluted. There's so much to go into there, like where we've been conditioned to believe some things are bad, some things are good. Like in empath communities, so much of what we've been taught is good, is actually very codependent and disempowering. So that's the mother wound, you know, helicoptering someone. So with like a client, if you're taking accountability for, for all the client's issues and being the one to fix everything for the client. Collectively, we've agreed, we've decided within these empath communities that that's very good. But it's actually bad because you're just disempowering the client to not believe in themselves, to not to be accountable to themselves. So getting very clear on like what is good, what is bad. And then understanding that money itself is a tool and you can use it to uplift, empower, support, or you can use it to to do the opposite. Another big one is that money doesn't grow on trees, which I think is fascinating. I had this one. Money does grow on trees. I remember listening to something one time and the person was like, if you look at a tree, if you go into the forest and you look at a tree, just imagine how many hundred dollars could be made from that tree. Like we say there's never enough money, yet we can make billions of dollars, depending on the, the number on the notes. So if you go deeper and you look, okay, what are people actually saying when they're saying money doesn't grow on trees? They're saying you can't go into the backyard and just pick money off of the tree. So they're saying money itself is a limited thing. And what really helped me to move through this one was understanding that money is in my ideas. Because what I was what I was seeing is when I was listening to money affirmations, I was getting so many good ideas for things to create because that's how it works. Your beliefs are the lens that you see the world through. If you have beliefs that money doesn't grow on trees, you don't see the possibilities and you don't see or you're just not even open to receiving ideas that then become products and offers. You could have a business idea today that you put out into the world a couple weeks from now that creates and generates so much money for you. I was reading a thing, it was Instagram, I think, was started, the person was in like a $500 a month workspace, co-working space, and like 500 days later, sold it for a billion. Someone had the idea to start this thing called Instagram, you know, from this co-working space. And then all of a sudden, 500 days later, it is being sold for one billion. That idea was wealth. And so you have full access, continuous access, nonstop access to ideas that are going to be profitable. And so use your mind and your ability to receive ideas as your money tree and take your ideas seriously. When you get them and they feel like, ooh, I need to go this way, trust that you go that way. Another big belief is you have to work really hard for your money and money requires sacrifice. And I want to plant this here for anyone who's believing in that. This summer, I took off six weeks. And I was generating money that entire time. I have a passive income product. I have actually a few passive income products. I have my main one, my journaling course. I also have worksheets threaded throughout my blog and sometimes on my podcast where people can purchase a content upgrade. That's what it's called. Where if they enjoy what I'm talking about and they want to learn more, they can go purchase more information. And that's all passive. I'm not there doing that work. My partner and I were talking about it and I was like, 
it's so interesting that for so long I believed money had to be hard. And we literally just went six weeks doing so much fun stuff like rock picking, hanging out on the beaches, going for road trips, being at cottages, like all this fun stuff. I literally didn't wear shoes for two full weeks of just like barefoot. And I was making money the entire time. There was no hard work happening there. And the only reason that is my reality is because I worked through those beliefs that money equaled hard work. So let me and this story be an example that if you want passive income, you can have passive income. It's up to you to create it. You have to affirm you want passive income. The ideas are going to come to you, you know, picking those those dollar bills off the money tree, and then it's up to you to birth it. And once you birth it, it's a passive income product, and you can receive money very easily. Other examples are like investing or real estate. Money can be joyful. One of the avenues I want to go into is real estate. And I love home and home decor. And so that's not going to feel like work. That's going to be super easy. It's going to be exciting. And it's going to generate lots of profit. Another big one is that money equals power. And yes, it is true. Money equals power. The more money you have, the more powerful and influential you are. And I personally believe and want and desire a world where heart-centered people are incredibly powerful because I know that when we're powerful and we know our power and we feel our power and we are equipped with financial power, we're going to be able to go make major changes on the planet. Being broke is very disempowering. You, you face all these blocks. There's a book I'm reading, Secrets to the Millionaire Mind, and it talks about like money is very useful in the areas it's needed. A lot of people who don't have money think they don't need money. That's a belief. Like, I don't need money. You know, I'm happy without money. Well, if you try to pay your bills without money, it's not going to work. For me on this journey, I that was a super clear moment of like, it's nice people like my work. It's nice it's resonating for people. And I'm so grateful for all the thank yous. But thank yous don't buy groceries. And I need to eat. And I deserve to eat. And so I had to get very clear on how do I make this not a hobby and rather a business. Because it was a really expensive hobby. People don't don't really think about it on the other side. But when you come into the world of business, like everything costs money. The fact that you're listening to this costs me money. The website that this is hosted on cost me money. The graphic designer I had to create the brand for the podcast cost me money. The editor I pay to to go through a round of edits cost me money. The person I pay to pull quotes for content for Pinterest cost me money. So the fact that you're here and you're listening, it might seem like, oh, you know, she's doing so much for me, but it cost me money. And so being able to receive back for that which was another shift of like, I need to to be able to receive, to, to be able to do this good work. Because the more I receive, the more I will naturally amplify and put out into the world, which is that, you know, money is a tool. You can use it for good, you can use it for bad. I could have used my money to do something bad, but instead I'm using it to invest in, in something that's going to make someone's life better, to creating safe, cozy spaces on the internet where people feel understood. I'm just trying to think if there was any more big ones that I wanted to speak on. I had a few of you guys send in some that we were talking about. One actually I do want to put here is that money changes you. If anything, money makes me more of who I want to be. I have all of these desires for the changes I want to see, the impact I want to make, and having money allows me to do that. One of the things I want to do is create a sanctuary for animals. If you listen to a previous episode, I'm, I'm wanting to convert a barn into a home for them. 
because something that really bugs me is not being able to help animals and it's a part of my life's work and so i need money to hire someone to to fix up the barn to look after the animals when i'm not around which will only create wealth for more people to get the animals help veterinarian help that costs money medicine costs money grooming costs money and so if anything, it doesn't change you. It makes you more of who you already are. And that's a really good thing for empaths because at our core, we are so loving. We are wanting to do so much in the world. And the more we allow ourselves to receive money, the more we can then put back out. So I'm going to close out this episode. I intended for it to be short or as short as possible. It turns out it's quite long, <laughs> but it's only because I'm really passionate about this topic. If you enjoyed it, let me know over on Instagram, take a picture of the episode, share with people you know, share on your stories, and don't forget to tag me. When you tag me, I can see that you're listening, and that honestly makes my day. I'm also always so grateful for your reviews. Reviews on iTunes gets this podcast out into more ears. Also, if my journey resonated with you, if you know that the work I did is the work that you need to do, then I am going to leave the link to Empaths in Business below. Again, we're starting very, very soon. I'm seeing the numbers come up. So if you want in, make sure that you get in as soon as possible. I am sending you so much love and so much abundance and so much shifting of your mindsets so you can let so much more money in. And with that, we will talk soon. Thank you.